I was privileged to have an Orange Sox interview with Kiera by phone about her daughter Ivana, who has 22Q, also known as 22 deletion 11, or DeGeorge syndrome. Kira is very active in reaching out to others through her blog, the theirvinefamilyblog.com, and her Instagram page, Ivana's Special Heart. I was uplifted by her story, and I'm sure you will be as well. Kira, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with me. Uh, when did you find out that your daughter, Ivana, had uh, 22Q? Everything kind of first started when we went for that 20-week detailed ultrasound. Most people know it is the ultrasound where you find out the gender, whether you're going to have a boy or a girl, but it's, it's actually technically called the detailed ultrasound where they go over all the body systems. And during that ultrasound, they noticed quite a major heart defect. And then in the beginning, and then when we actually came back the following week and they gave us one diagnosis, they casually mentioned it, the Dijor syndrome or 22 deletion 11. And then as we got further into the pregnancy and we had another major echocardiogram up in at a different hospital when they were querying this even more specific heart diagnosis or heart defect they said with this particular heart defect it has a really high prevalence of also having 22q and so technically we kind of knew about it before she was born but we decided to not do an amnio as it wasn't going to change our decision on proceeding with the pregnancy or not and I didn't want to like make add any more risk to the situation so we just opted to wait till we found after she was born to find out uh, she was born we kind of saw there's um 22q has does have some light physical features sometimes lower set ears a small mouth kind of a broader nose maybe long fingers and longer toes and so Ivana had hers were hard to see hers are a bit more her facial features are very subtle we've been told but we still noticed them so we sent away uh, genetic testing right after she was born and then a few months later those results came back stating positive but we weren't surprised at all when they came back positive if anything we would have actually been more surprised if the results came back negative interesting so um what has been some of the challenges now she's three years old now correct Yes. <laughs> okay, and so what have been some of the challenges that, that you've uh, faced with her over the last three years? There's actually been a lot, um, and definitely I think a lot of the challenges or complications are because of 22Q. So she, of course, was born with a major heart defect and required open-heart surgery. Fortunately, we kind of endured quite the very bumpy recovery. So she had open-heart surgery, and then she actually developed another diagnosis called tracheomalacia, which is actually something associated with Dijora syndrome. It's kind of on one of the things that some 22Q kids have, and it's called tracheomalacia, and it means a floppy trachea. So after surgery, we could not extubate her off the hospital ventilator. We tried for five months, and we did different surgeries. And so eventually, at five months, after being five months in the ICU, we finally proceeded with the trachostomy so she could be ventilated better. And again, just because of additional complications and just one thing after another, we actually were in hospital for a total of 400 days, and 323 of those days, or almost 11 months of those, were exclusively in ICU. So we had quite the long, our going in for open-heart surgery and, and only being in for a month or two turned into this whole 13-month admission and back and forth between two different children's hospitals and just complication and after complication. And definitely the 22Q had a role in that, and they, you know, had a, having a little bit of a rougher recovery and not bouncing back as quick. And stuff so what a challenge and <laughs> yeah it was quite the quite the year to how, say the how least. is she now 
she's doing okay. We've been, uh, we were discharged after, like I said, 400 days on November 9th, 2015. It was quite the going home. Our whole medical team was so nervous. They definitely said that when we were discharged, she was one of the most complicated cases to come through their door and to go home because not only is she this, you know, very, very complicated and severe heart baby, but she also had this, you know, air, critical airway. And that's the, those are two major double whammies. And so kids like her often bounce as soon as they're, you know, even though when they get discharged, they often wind up being readmitted. And thankfully, while we've had a curveball here and there, um, so like I said, we were discharged at the end of 2015. We did have a couple of admissions last year, but only two of them were kind of unplanned. We had a few planned, like for a, you know, a G-tube surgery that was planned and for a bronchoscopy that was planned. But we only had two unplanned admissions and they both went relatively quick. We only were in for, you know, three weeks, which is a drop in the bucket for us. So, and then this year, so since 2017, so far things are going really, really well at the moment. She's been progressing and stabilizing. We're actually just starting to wean her off the ventilator. Um, We're just started doing sprints a little while ago off the vent and working towards uh, um, it's called decannulation, so towards the process of taking the trach out. That's great. So tell me, what have been the joys in having her? Uh, she is just, uh, like, we just love her to pieces. She is just, she's been, you know, both our greatest blessing and both our great and our greatest trial. We've gained so much knowledge from her, the stuff that we've learned along this journey, the strengths my husband and I have garnered, just our relationship. You know, often, I'm sure... In past podcasts, you know, things like this can things like this can easily break a family apart. And, you know, they talk about divorce rates going up. And, you know, if anything, I feel like this has brought us closer together. And my, um, me and my husband work, have learned to become a really good team. And we coordinate and we kind of, you know, he has his strengths and I have my strengths. And we kind of work together and we gel really well. And, and it's just been interesting and lovely all at the same time. That's super. So what has been her impact on, on your extended family? And friends or neighbors? Um, I would think kind of the biggest impact is I know one of the things that has not been normal is, you know, like the relationships being built. Unfortunately, a lot of her life was in hospital, so relationships between grandparents or between aunts and uncles and whatnot has not been able to be built because she was in ICU. And, and then now that she's home, you know, she can't just like go to grandma and grandpa's for the afternoon. That's just not a possibility right now. She requires to be looked after 24-7 by someone, either by me and my husband because we've been properly trained to care for her or by our nurse. I, I know particularly my parents and particularly my mom, she talks about how she kind of has a really awesome relationship with my nieces and nephew, but doesn't have that same relationship with my daughter. And unfortunately, it's just because of all the medical complications. She's, that's not been something that's been a possibility. So I would say that's kind of the biggest impact. Um, thankfully, we haven't really, it hasn't really impacted the relationships with me and my husband or I. You know, we've thankfully, for the most part, most of our friends and family have stuck around and have been really great supports for us and have, you know, been there for us and whatnot. So that's, been, I know a lot of times this can end a lot of relationships with people, but thankfully it hasn't made that impact and it's been on a more positive. Well, that's interesting. So I'm curious, with, with having a child that uh, has had so many complications, has that uh, had any impact on pot- uh, potentially uh, your plans to have future children? 
it did for a little while. You know, we definitely, you know, originally, you know, I was hoping to have, you know, one kid after the other and, you know, maybe only a year in between. But she, you know, Ivana, in the whole just being in hospital, definitely delayed our plan. We, My husband was very adamant that we would wait till at least she got home and somewhat stable and in routine before we proceeded with more kids. And so we kind of, last year, you know, we came home and once we things slowly started settled out, we decided to start trying. And we did try and we actually did get pregnant last year, but I ended up having a miscarriage at 12 weeks. And we were we were upset about it, but not too upset because we knew about the pregnancy being unviable pretty early on at six weeks. Um, unfortunately, when you go through a situation like we did with our daughter, your perspective changes greatly. And, you, you know, unfortunately, uh, early miscarriage isn't as devastating, but it still was sucked. And then we took the summer off and then we started trying this fall. And it took a little while with this one, but we're actually pregnant right now. And we're actually due um, later at the end of this year in December with baby number two. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, we're really excited. That's awesome. So tell me, if, if I were to come to you just having received the, the diagnosis that I had a daughter that had 22 deletion 11, what advice would you give me? Um, and that's, if anything, that actually happens all the time now. You know, we're I'm part of support groups and there's people that join the group and say, I just got this diagnosis. What advice can you give me? And for me, usually the advice is take it one day at a time. Often it's kind of, it's one of those diagnoses where you just kind of have to wait and see. Like I said, there's common things that are associated with 22Q, like heart defects and or cleft palate, immunology. But until the child is born, most of the time you just really aren't going to know what's going to be that child's issue. You kind of find as maybe one issue resolves itself, another one might present itself later in life and kind of have to take it one day at a time and take it one issue at a time, I guess. Good advice. With everything that you've gone through, with all the medical issues, is it worth it? Oh, absolutely. There's not one day we regret proceeding with this pregnancy whatsoever. She, we love her so much and we just can't imagine our life without her. Of course, life is, you know, a little bit more complicated, but everybody, everybody has their complication or difficulty. And right now that's her and that's okay, but we love her. She has been, like I said, our greatest blessing. And she's, she's just, she's taught us so much. And, and if anything, we're just so proud of her. She has this very calm nature about her. Like whenever we are admitted, we always get told of just how content and happy she is. Like she, for a toddler, she is actually so well behaved when getting assessed. Like we were still in, we still have lots of appointments and lots of follow-ups and assessments on a monthly basis. And she just is so, just such a well-behaved girl. And she just takes everything in stride. And I, I get so proud of her. I just like, I beam, um, we have echoes, every, we currently still have echocardiograms every three months right now. And I beam that the echo techs fight over her because they love doing their exam on her because she's interesting anatomy and she's so well behaved as a toddler and so it's kind of makes me like I'm I'm proud because I'm that proud mommy because she's the well behaved toddler that the echo text fight over you know just stuff like that oh that's that's great I think it's it's wonderful that you have that you're expecting again and you and you and have such a blessing in your life with the with the Ivana so I think that's awesome what are some future things that you're looking for in relation to Ivana well, some stuff that we've got going on right now. So with Ivana's heart, she's currently considered terminal. She was born with a very severe heart defect. People always ask, oh, does she have a little hole in her heart? I'm like, no, it's very complicated. And because of her anatomy and how complicated and intertwined, uh, she's actually not eligible for a transplant of any sort. It's just not possible anatomically. So 
Unfortunately, we just some options are no longer available to us. So we actually are in the middle of a pretty big referral. We're from Canada, but there's a surgeon down in California. His name is Dr. Frank Hanley, and he happens to specialize in our daughter's particular diagnosis. He actually pioneered the very first surgery our daughter had is called a unifocalization, and he pioneered that surgery. And he just happens to be the expert in that field, and so we are having a cath done uh, for his review and if he feels like there's anything he can do if he accepts our case then Canada will fly our daughter down to him for another open heart surgery. However, this surgery is not for, it's not a going to be this almighty miracle life-saving surgery. At the end of the day, Ivana is still considered terminal. Our goal with him is to improve her current prognosis and improve her overall quality of life. That's what we're hoping to gain if he accepts our case. We've been highly warned and prepared to for the potential that he'll say no. He re- he doesn't like saying no. He likes a challenge. But sometimes there's cases where, unfortunately, there's nothing even he can do. And we've been well warned that Ivana's on that cusp. She's on that very severe end. So that's kind of where we are right now with things. It's kind of interesting because we'll hopefully have an answer around July. Because she's stable, normally Dr. Hanley books around three months in advance, which unfortunately puts us around October, November. But then I'm pregnant, and so I'm going to be like eight months pregnant. So if she's stable and if he can't do her surgery, in a timely manner, then we might have to push it off into the new year after Christmas. So that's kind of where we are right now with things. So even though things are stable in Ivana, lots of things have improved, there's still underlying things we're still dealing with. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. (laughs) Thank you. So anything else that you'd like to say? Any concluding remarks? Yeah, I kind of have like a little thing. I think one thing I've learned and one thing I try to emphasize out there is, you know, we have good years and bad years and life is about surviving the bad years while learning and growing for them and then enjoying the good years. And that's what we're doing. You know, 2015 was not a good year for us at all. 2016, we got a little better, but we still had curveballs. This year has been a so far an awesome year. We've had a lot of good things happen. So we're just trying to enjoy it. At the same time, we're waiting for the other shoot a drop and people always tell me oh you don't want to live life waiting for the other shoot a drop unfortunately that's just not something you can do when you have a special needs child it's our reality as special needs parents but instead it just allows us to prepare for the moments when life decides to get a little chaotic super well thank you again Uh, awesome no problem